Turn with me please to Matthew 7 and get ready to come up. Get ready to be blessed and be empowered to be a blessing. For some weeks now we've been on the subject we're calling mercy over judgment. And that there's a reason why. Some very very significant reasons why we should immediately and completely stop judging. In Matthew 7 and verse 1, the master said, Jesus said, red letters, judge not. Why? That or so that you be not judged. You won't be judged. What's the main reason here he told us not to judge? For our own personal benefit and protection. So we won't be judged. Can a believer be judged in this life? Yes. Do you care if you get judged or not? Oh, yeah. Oh, you should. He says, for with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. Ever how we judge another person. Jesus said, we're going to be judged like that. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye? This is a graphic illustration of judging how one person judges another. Why are you looking at, focusing on, considering the mote? A mote would be a speck. That's in your brother's eye. So it's a speck. Is something that ought not be in your eye. Right? So the speck is not good. But the speck's not in your eye. It's in your brother's eye. And you're focusing on the speck in their eye. He said why would you do that. And you say let me pull out the moat. Out of your eye. You got something right there. Right there. Let, Let me get that for you. And behold, a beam. Now, a beam is not a speck. A beam is a plank. You got this big thing covering half your face. (laughs) But you are focused on their speck. Let me pull out the mote out of your eye and behold, a beam is in your own eye. Keep reading. You hypocrite. And so there's a revelation here. You have to act hypocritically to judge. Anytime one person is judging another, they are being hypocritical. They're being dishonest. And we're not judging each other for judging. We've all messed up in these areas. Right? And and this happens a lot. People say, don't you judge me. What did you just do? You judge them for judging you. So how are you doing any better than them? Selah. He said, you hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of your own eye, and then you shall see clearly to cast out the mote out of your brother's eye. Notice there's a progression here. He said, you hypocrite. What's the next word? First, cast out the beam out of your own eye. Do that what? First. First. And then what happened? And then. Then you can see clearly to help get the moat, the speck out of your brother's eye. Not that you can't help them. But you can't help them until you do something first. You're not in a position to help them. And you're hypocritical. Talking about their speck. When you have not first dealt with your plank. Your two by four. (laughs) Go with me to 1 Corinthians 11. Now the Lord's given us two main things. To prevent our being judged. 
We've touched on them. We've talked about them. Anybody that's been here, do you remember? Two main things we must heed if we don't want to be judged ourselves. One was don't judge others. Right? What was the other one? Do judge yourself. And that's what he's talking about when he says first get the plank out of your eye. That's another way of saying first judge yourself. Now we've talked a lot about not judging others. We need to focus this morning on judging ourselves. Did you hear the wave of excitement that just went through the crowd? Is this important? Did the Lord tell us to judge ourselves? Do you know what that is? Do you know how to do that? Are we doing that? Let's talk about it. Let's believe the Lord for light, for utterance. 1 Corinthians 11 speaks about it specifically. He said, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six. He said, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. This is our passage we use repeatedly when we receive communion together. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily, you could say disrespectfully, shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. Let a man do what? Examine. Do what? Examine, examine who? Examine who? A lot of folks imagine that they have great discerning powers. And they're always picking up things and problems in other people's life. But they really need to turn that on themselves and see what they pick up. Right? Because none of us are appointed to be the Holy Ghost police. Our job is not to judge others. But our job is. To judge ourself. Is it true or not? Judging yourself. Involves. Examining yourself. Let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of that bread. And drink of that cup. Keep reading. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily. Edith and drinketh damnation, or that's condemnation, or sometimes it's translated judgment, to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Now, he's talking about a, a double application here. He is talking about the body and blood of the Lord. But he's talking about the body of Christ as the company of believers, and how they weren't walking in love with each other, and were actually shaming each other. The ones that had a lot were shaming, the Bible said they were shaming them that did not have. And they weren't discerning and appreciating the body of Christ. How many think we ought to treat respectfully the actual physical body of Christ that was broken for us? But in the same token, all the believers that are born again, they are the body of Christ. And if we don't discern them and value them... And if we judge them and despise them and treat them poorly and reproachfully, we are despising and treating the body of Christ poorly. And that will result in judgment on ourselves. Keep reading. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you and many sleep. Weakness, debility, premature death, dying young, dying wrong. He's talking to Christians in the church at Corinth. Well, now, stealing and killing and destroying is the work of the devil. We know that. How is the devil able to do these things in the church at Corinth, which was a church of tongue talkers? Is that right? Believed in the gifts of the Spirit? All these things. Well, that's what we've already touched on. The Bible said, be angry, but what? Sin not, and don't let the sun go down on your wrath, neither give place to the devil. If the devil is doing things, it's because somebody gave him place. Not because it was the will and plan of God. And why did Jesus tell us don't judge each other? So we won't be judged. And so what we're seeing in this uh, 
weak and sick and, and many sleep refers to death, dying prematurely. That's judgment. Judgment. Keep reading. Read the next verse. For if we would what? Judge ourselves. What would happen? This is some of the best news you ever heard in your life. Is that right? What if you didn't get judged? That means you would miss the being sick, the being weak, the dying prematurely. How's that going to happen? By two big things. Us not judging others. And what else? Us judge examining and judging ourselves. What's the good news about judging yourself? You won't be judged. Now friend, if we really understood what this meant. And we realize, because I've judged myself, I am not going to be judged. What does that mean? The devil can't touch me. He He doesn't have access to me. He can't get to me. Not because I've done everything right, but because when I did miss it, I judged myself. Hallelujah. And when other folks missed it, I didn't judge them. That's not my business. Right? I didn't judge them, but I did judge myself. It keeps the enemy away from me. It keeps the doors closed in my life. Is it good news to hear you're not going to be judged? The enemy can't get to you. Hallelujah. First John talks about keeping yourself and that wicked one touches him not. Mm, I like it. Don't you like it? I like being healed. Do you? I like just keep on living and getting older and older. I like it. I like having plenty of money to pay my bills. I like being able to do what we need to do in the ministry and not be restricted. Do you like it? Do you like it? If I like it and I want to keep doing that, I must not judge you or my fellow preacher or anybody else. There there are times if somebody is saying and doing things, if I see something on TV is preaching that I I really don't agree with or really don't like, a lot of times I will change the channel real quick. And just pray for them. I got to get that off my mind. Why? Because I, I, what do you think about that? I don't. I can't have an opinion about that. That's between them and I don't know what the Lord told them or what he told them to do. That's between him and them. Is that right? Do I want our church's bills to be paid? Do I want to be healthy so I can uh, be able to keep getting up here and preaching and going? uh, Right? Do you? Then I, I must not judge them. But I also must judge myself. Examine myself and judge myself. If we would judge ourselves, what would happen? We should not be judged. Keep reading. But when we are judged, we're chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. Does that sound like some judgment could happen? Verse 33. Wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another. The bottom line is, is be kind to one another. Not judgmental, but kind. Go with me to the book of Luke, please. We're going to get more light today. I can almost hear in the spirit. Doors clanking shut. Clink. 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 What do you mean? Enemy can't get in anymore. He can't get in anymore in that area. Why? Because you quit judging them. And you judge yourself, and when you do, the door goes clunk, and the devil can't get to you. Neither give place to the devil. That means it's possible to go week after week, month after month, year after year, and him keep wanting to get to you, but just can't. Can't get to you. Some folks are going to have to think about that some more. Good. Think about it. Don't make it a matter of what I think versus what you think. These scriptures are what matters. These scriptures are what matters. Luke chapter 6. Are you there? Luke chapter 6. And about verse 36. Now we're going to read several scriptures of this. We need to read a lot of this passage. Because it all flows together. In fact I, I didn't see how well it flowed together with all of this. I knew it did by faith but I didn't see it until last night. Verse 36, are you ready? The Lord said, 
Be ye therefore merciful as your Father also is merciful. Now our text in James says, if you don't show mercy, you won't get mercy. And so when somebody's messed up and you feel like cutting them off and judging them and taking their name out of your book and whatever the case may be, just remember there's going to come a time when you're going to want some mercy. And if you're wise, what will you do? You will sow mercy with them so that when you need it, you'll receive it. He said, judge not and you won't be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. What if you won't forgive? We read multiple scriptures last Sunday. The Lord said, if you won't forgive your brother, the Father won't forgive you. Now, is that serious? That's serious. Give, and it'll be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. Running over shall men give unto your bosom, for with the same measure you meet withal, it'll be measured to you again. Now we talk about this a lot of times concerning giving money and things, and it's true concerning that, but it's just true concerning everything. You sow mercy, you'll reap mercy. You sow money, you'll reap money. You sow meanness, you'll reap meanness. You sow hardness, somebody's going to be hard with you. And we need to wake up if we realize, you know, why won't anybody be faithful to me? Nobody will be faithful to me. What you need to stop, do two things. What do you do? Number one, quit judging them for not being faithful to you. Stop it. Who said they owed you anything? Well, we're getting somewhere now. Is that right? Then number two, what do you need to do? Actually, I'm saying it wrong. Because what did Jesus say? First, get the plank out of your eye. So first, what should you do? Nobody will be faithful to me. Nobody will stay with me. Nobody is a real friend to me. You need to stop right there and go, have I been faithful? Examine yourself. What kind of friend am I to others? And if you'll be honest... Many times it's over right there. Right? If you'll be honest, you'll go, well, no wonder. I hadn't had many faithful friends. I hadn't been much of a friend. I'm going to go over here and speak a little bit now. Give each group a little break. True or not? Nobody would give to me. Why wouldn't anybody give to me? Why wouldn't anybody give to me? Who said they owed you anything? They don't owe you anything. We must get delivered from this people owe me stuff. It's devilish. It's a lie. It's deception. Here's the big thing. God does not owe us forgiveness. He does not owe us cleansing. He doesn't. If he did... It wouldn't be mercy. It wouldn't be grace. And people don't owe you. Well, they didn't do this for me. They didn't do that. Well, what did you do? What have you done? And if we'll be honest, if we're experiencing continual deficiency in an area, if we'll be honest, we'll realize I haven't sown in that area. Or I haven't sown very well in that area. I didn't stay with them when they needed me. I didn't support them. So I shouldn't be surprised if people don't support me. What are we talking about? We're talking about judging ourselves. What's the good news about that? If you'll do it, what? You won't be judged. Nobody ever gave me anything. <laughs> Nobody ever had to work hard for everything I got in life. Nobody ever gave me anything. <laughs> and it's not likely to improve <laughs> with that mentality. First of all, nobody owes you anything. No, they don't. They don't owe you anything. Secondly, 
Have you been a giver? Hmm? You say, well, I, I did do all that for them. And they should, that, that's why I'm so mad now. Well, then you didn't give it to them. You won't pay. It was not a gift. If you think they owe you, you didn't give them anything. Parents, spouses, listen. Your kids don't owe you if you gave them what you did out of love. I cared for them. I carried them nine months. I changed their nasty, dirty diapers. I did this, and they can't even call me on the phone. And visited me an X amount of time. And with that kind of attitude, why would they want to? Why would they want to come and, and, and be fussed at? And if you think they owe you, it's because what you did for them, you did not give them as a gift of love. Now you're wanting your pay. It was a loan or you were trying to buy something. If you gave it to them, then they owe you nothing. And then anything they would do for you is just a gift. Spouses. We're making progress now, aren't we? I gave them the best years of my life. And then they treat me like this. Then you didn't give it to them. You want your pay now. It was not a gift. It was not love. If you gave it to them, they owe you nothing. I'm going to say that again real slow. It can't be any other way. If you think they owe you, it wasn't a gift. You won't pay back. And you're judging them for what they're not doing. You should be. You owe me. That is judging. Friends, are you with me? When you say, you owe me, you should, you're supposed to. You are judging them. And you're not judging yourself. Because if we'll be honest, there were some things we should have done for people. People that did a lot of things for us. Did we act the way we should with them? If you'll be honest, you'll know you've come short. If you don't judge them, and you do judge yourself, it is the key to perpetual happiness. What do you mean by that? I learned some of this decades ago. I saw it. And by the grace of God, I said, okay, that's it. That's it. Never again am I going to get my eyes on anybody about what they're supposed to do for me. Never again. They owe me nothing. They owe me nothing. And If I think that way, I can't be disappointed by what you didn't do. Then I go month after month, year after year, happy. Whatever you do, whatever you don't do, I'm not going to be upset about what you didn't do because I don't feel like you owe it to me. I'm not looking for it. I'm not demanding it. And then if you do do something for me, it's just gravy. It's just hallelujah. Look what they did. This is great. Thank you so much. So I'm not upset by what you didn't do. And I'm thrilled by what you did do. It just keeps me happy all the time. Come on, can you see this? But are there multitudes of Christian church-going people that are bitter? I said they are bitter because of what people didn't do for them. After all I did for them. I served in that church. I gave in that building fund. I don't think you did. I did. I gave thousands of dollars. I don't think you gave a dollar. (laughs) You want your pay. That ain't given. You want your acknowledgement. You want your recognition. You want somebody to do something for you. You want your payback. So you weren't giving. You were trying to buy. When you truly give, there are No strings. There is no pull for something to come back. It is 100% free gift. 
which is what our salvation is. It's what our cleansing by the blood is. It's what our gift of righteousness is. The Lord don't know us this. He didn't know us any of this. It's a free gift for which we are to be forever thankful. Is that right? And every other thing he does for us. Get this attitude. Why didn't you do this for me, Lord? <laughs> well, who said he owed it to you? He don't owe you anything. Miss Attitude. Mr. Attitude. He, he don't owe you anything. <laughs> but see, that's people judge God. What God should have done. Don't they? And again, that's not judging yourself. But when you judge others and you don't judge yourself, tell me what's happening. You will be judged. And that's you do not want that to happen because the enemy is going to get access. And that's why you see miserable people become more and more miserable. Year after year, bitter. I know there was a, a businessman that I had the opportunity to minister to when I worked in Brother Hagin's ministry at healing school for years. And he actually was a, he was a personal friend of Brother Hagin's and a, a, a somewhat successful businessman. But he had this terrible debilitating disease. And uh, he, even t- he came to healing school where I was ministering and even told me more, more than once, he said, you know, I was, I was listening to Brother Hagin teach faith while your mama's still changing your diaper. <laughs> I thought, well, okay. But he was in and out for months, and, and part of the, what the disease affected is breathing, and, and he, he couldn't breathe, and he's, he's on oxygen all the time, and he was, he was real, it just totally restricted his life. And, and I was, uh, you know, he, he was a nice guy in a lot of ways, and, and, and I was puzzled as to, I mean, this guy knows some things about the Word, and he knows some things about faith, I know he does. He, what he said was true. He was hearing faith teaching when I was a baby. And one day I, I got to pray an extra bath. I thought, Lord, what is the deal here? What, how can I help? What can we do to reach this? I didn't get an immediate answer, but a few days later, I, I met this, this man out in the foyer of where we were ministering. We were just talking about some, some natural things. Everything was fine. And I brought up to him something about a business transaction, something I, just kind of an off-the-cuff thing that had happened. And I saw his countenance change. And he proceeded to tell me about a man that took advantage and stole part of his business. And when he did, his face got hard. And the tone of his voice changed. And I saw a a, a person there I didn't know. And he began to just just vent and, and, and talked about killing the guy. And the Lord said to me, see there, that's why. That's why you hadn't been able to help him. I thought, Lord. But see, I didn't know that. I didn't know that was in him because you never saw that when you go to church with people. And, but see, he had judged that guy and he was bitter to death. And he did die with that disease within a few months because he would not turn loose of that. Was that the will of God? Did God put that on him? No way, no how. But why, with a child of God, is the enemy able to get do and do things? If we judge others, and we won't judge ourselves, it's open season on us. Come on, can you see this? The enemy can get to us. And if he can get to you, he's going to hurt you. Is that right? He's mean. He's cruel. He will absolutely destroy you if he can. How many feel like I do? It's not worth it. Is that right? Harboring some kind of grudge? What if they did do something to you? What if they really did? I mean, what if they hurt you bad physically? What if they stole your money? What if they stole your innocence? What if they hurt you terribly, emotionally? They really did hurt you. What if they did? You say, well, they owe me and they deserve to be judged. (laughs) you're setting yourself up for judgment did you do anything 
Did your sin hurt the Lord? It helped put him on the cross. See, this hypocrisy to be so adamant and hold a grudge against somebody else. It's acting like you never did anything. Well, I never did that. You did similar things. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. Because sin is sin. If they knew better than what they did, guess what? You've known better too. Is that right? You've done things you knew you shouldn't do. They did it. You've done it too. And that's what we read last week about the man that was forgiven the $20 million debt. And he went and choked out the guy that owed him 20 bucks. And if you're going to hold that debt against them to God, it's like you're demanding they pay you your $20. And he looks at you and go, what about that $20 million I forgave you of? So maybe they did owe you. But if you hold on to that and demand that they pay it or they pay for what they did to you, then you're going to have to pay for what you did. There's no escaping it. It's only right. It's only just and fair. I don't want to pay for what I've done. Am I by myself in there? I don't want to pay for what I have done. Do you? Then I can't demand that somebody else pay for what they did to me. I can't. That's the only way that works. And you don't have to like somebody to forgive them. You don't have to spend any time with them. Necessarily. I mean you don't have to feel warm and fuzzy about them. To forgive them. All you got to do in your mind and heart. Is take what they did. Like paperwork of a debt that they owed to you. And you go. Shoom, shoom, shoom. They don't owe me anything. It's a decision I made. They don't owe me an explanation. They don't owe me an apology. They don't owe me any restitution. They owe me nothing. This applies to races, tribes, nations, anybody that comes up and says, they owe me. Well, honey, you're going to have to pay too. The government owes me. No, they don't. My parents owe me. No, they don't. My brothers and sisters owe me. They got the bigger share of the inheritance. If you demand they pay, you're going to have to pay too. Besides that, don't get your eyes on that little piddly stuff. God can give you so much more out beyond that. Come on, get free. Sow it to them. Say, let them have it. Have fun. I'm going to get to new stuff. New stuff's better. Is that right? I'm going to come up to another level. Because I'm free and now my faith will work. And I'm not judging. Got the doors closed. The enemy can't hold me back. Here I go. Can you see this, saints? (laughs) Luke 6. Let's see if we can read more of this. Verse 39. And he spake a parable to them. Can the blind lead the blind? Now we've heard this before. Haven't we? But I think sometimes we've taken it out of context. Why does he mention this now? What did he start off talking about? Don't judge. What's that got to do with being blind? Everything. Can the blind lead the blind? Or let me say it like this. Can the blind help the blind? How about if you got a plank in your eye? Can you see? Well, then if you can't see because you got a plank in your eye, how can you help the guy that's got a speck in his eye? You can't. What do you first have to do? You first have to judge yourself, get the plank out of your eye, then you can see. Isn't that what he said? Then you can see. See what? How to help them. But it won't be in this judgmental condemnation way. It'll be, hey. The Lord just helped me 30 minutes ago get that two before out of my eye. (laughs) Can I be of any assistance to you? I know how to handle lumber in the eye because I just just got this plank out of mine. That's not looking down on anybody. That said, hey, man, you think you got a problem? That little speck? I had lumber, man. (laughs) Right? That's not acting superior. That's not judging. That's saying, I can help. 
I've been there. The Lord helped me to get clear and free. Can I help you? I'm available. That is a totally different thing than being judged going, that speck, you know you ain't supposed to have specks in your eye. Speck, speck, speck. God hates specks. (laughs) And you got this thing. Talk about hypocrisy. This is one of the biggest things that the world finds fault with the church about. It is hypocrisy. That people preach holier than thou and they bear down hard. That's sin, that's sin, that's ungodly. You're not supposed to do that. And they got all this stuff in their own life. And they're acting like they don't. This is one of the biggest blots against the church. As far as what the world can see. We can't control everybody. We can sure control ourselves. Is that right? We can stop judging other people. Maybe what they're doing is wrong. Maybe it is absolutely wrong. And we know it's wrong. But that don't mean we have to judge them for doing it or why they did it or how they did it. We don't know their heart. We don't know how they got there. We don't know what they... They may not not even see it's wrong yet. We don't know that. Not our place. But we can judge ourselves. Can the blind lead the blind? What if the blind is trying to lead the blind? They will both fall in the ditch. Lumber intact. (laughs) Keep reading. The disciple is not above his master. But everyone that is perfected or complete shall be as his master. And why beholdest thou the moat? Does this all go together? Why beholdest thou the moat that's in your brother's eye. But perceivest not the beam that's in your own eye. And and either how can you say to your brother, brother, let me pull out the moat that's in your eye when you yourself behold not the beam that is in your own eye. So really it's not a two by four, it's more like a four by four. It's a post. It's a beam. You hypocrite. I don't want to be a hypocrite, do you? You hypocrite, cast out first the beam out of your own eye first. First, deal with yourself. And then shall you see clearly to pull out the moat that is in your brother's eye. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Lord. Let's keep reading. All this goes together. For a good tree brings not forth corrupt fruit, neither does a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. For every tree is known by his own fruit. For of thorns men do not gather figs, nor of a bramble bush gather they grapes. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart. All this goes together. When he said examine yourself, what's he talking about examining? Your heart. Now without taking the time to go into all of this. If we ask the question, what is sin? There are numerous specific answers in the scripture. One says everything that's not right, that is unrighteous is sin. One says the transgression of the law is sin. Of course, the law, but the Romans talks about where there's no law, there is no transgression. How can that be? You can't sin until you know it's wrong. Come on, can you see this? And so then we see passages like James that says, to him that knows to do good and does it not, to him it's sin. Why would you say to him? Why wouldn't it just be to everybody? Because everybody don't see the same thing. And why is it sin to him now? Because he knows. To him that knows. And so the, uh, the big issue here is honesty. Honesty about what you know. I said honesty about what you know. This is where folks get off. As a minister, Phyllis and I have had opportunity to minister to many people individually. And when people have missed it, significantly, one of the biggest problems is pride. You don't want other people to see and know what you've done. And the tendency of the flesh and the pride is to try to hide it. Try to cover it up. But in order to do that, you got to be dishonest. And when somebody looks you square in the eye and goes, did this happen? Is this a problem? 
And then people act like, I, I don't know, what, what are you talking about? This is a failure to judge yourself. And the problem with this is what's going to happen next. If you won't judge yourself, what's going to happen? You can try to pretend like it didn't happen. You can hope nobody noticed. You can think, well, we got clear of it. It was three months ago. It was three years ago. But if you haven't dealt with it, if you haven't judged yourself, it's not dealt with. It's going to come up. Can you see this, friends? And the people that get mercy with the Lord and with people. I've had the Lord send me to people before. Gave me a word of knowledge. I'm thinking of a man right now. I knew him. He's a businessman. And the Lord showed me in the night. I couldn't get to sleep. And so I, I knew something was up. So I just started praying in the spirit. I didn't, know what, I didn't know what I'm praying about. And after a while I realized I'm praying for him. Keep thinking about him and seeing him. And, and so by morning, I didn't get much sleep. The Lord dealt with me, go to his house. I don't do this very often. Go to his. I believe everybody should be led by the Spirit for theirself. Right? Amen. Need to hear from the Lord for yourself. But the Lord loves people so much, he'll do some extra things to help them if they're not listening. And he sent me to his house. He said, go to his house. I don't mean I heard a voice now, but inside me. And this is what he dealt with me. He said, he's planning on doing this. Leaving this, leaving that, going to this city, doing this, doing that. He said, you go talk to him and tell him. If he does that, he's going to lose his marriage. He's going to lose his family. He's going to lose his business. He's going to lose his ministry. Tell him. Well, I didn't necessarily want to do that. You know, who likes confrontation like that? You know what I like less? Missing God. So I went. And I tried to talk to him. And all he would do is smile and laugh with me. And wouldn't acknowledge what he was about to do. I tried to get him to talk to me. And I'm just using this as an example. He thought he was hiding it from me. I already knew it. <laughs> How many times? If a man or woman could know something. God definitely already knows it. Is that right? Playing games with him is just insane. And yet people do it all the time because of embarrassment, shame, fear. Fear. Oh man, if I tell them, they'll leave me. If I tell them, they'll despise me. They'll never want to be my friend again. There's something worse than all that. Besides that, you don't know that. You don't know that. When you humble yourself and are honest... And repent and judge yourself. God will give you grace. And mercy. And he will incline people's hearts towards you. And give you grace and mercy with them. But if you harden your heart. And you cover. And you hide. And refuse to judge yourself. You're not going to get mercy. And judgment's coming. I talked with him for an hour and a half. I couldn't get him to even acknowledge that this is what he's about to do. And I knew it. So I couldn't talk to him about the answer. And next week, guess what he did? He did it. I, you know, he, he acted like, oh, where'd that come from? Nobody knows what that is. Oh, he had a heart. He planned it in his heart. It was already planned out. He went and did it. And you know what happened? He lost his marriage. He lost his family. He lost his business. He lost his ministry. He got judged. That's judgment. Did, did he get stolen from? Was his life destroyed? Who did that? The devil did that. Why wasn't he protected? Why wasn't he kept? Jesus already paid the price for all his sins. How can that happen? If you won't judge yourself. You'll get judged. Oh friend. How do you judge yourself? It's not complicated. How do you judge yourself? You acknowledge, I knew better, and I did it. I have sinned. I have missed it. Don't make excuses. Just acknowledge it. I knew I shouldn't have, and I did. Why'd you do that? Dumb. 
carnal, just acting fleshy. Don't make excuses. Come on, are you with me? I knew I should have done that. Why didn't you do it? I just didn't listen to the Lord. I just humble yourself. Be honest. Judge yourself. I saw it. I knew it. I shouldn't have. I did. I sinned. Go with me to 1 John 1. We'll close with this. I can hear some doors clanking. I can't. Can you hear them? I can hear some doors clanking. I can hear people in their heart saying, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stop doing that. I can hear it. 1 John chapter 1. Verse 5. Man, this is a good news shouting verse right here. He said, this is the message which we've heard of him. We declare it to you. That God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. Are we talking about light? What is sin? Sin is violation of light. What is light? Light is what you see. If you have light in an area, you know something in that area. Now, you may fool some people that you didn't know, but you can never fool God. He knows what you know, doesn't he? And even a lot of people you think you fooled, you didn't fool. After you left, they talked about you. They said, well, who do they think they're fooling? <laughs> Phyllis and I have done that many times. People thought they were snowing us, and we just didn't feel like we're supposed to call them on it. And they left and went, bless their hearts. They think we don't have a clue. And it's not that we wanted to condemn them. We just want it fixed. We just want it fixed. And you can't get it fixed if you act like it doesn't exist. How can you fix what doesn't exist? We all got flesh. That fear. Man, it's real. That pride. It's real. That shame. It's real. But there's something a whole lot worse than all that. It's not getting it fixed. It's carrying that abscess in you. That bitterness, this judgment coming. There's something a lot worse than being embarrassed. And anybody that's going to be honest with you, when you tell them how badly you blew it, if they're going to be honest, what will they have to say? You know, I have, I have messed up too. Maybe it wasn't exactly like what you did, but spiritually it was the same thing. I have messed up too. God forgave me. I can forgive you. Right? And you really get clear of it. It's no longer there. He said, verse 6, if we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we are lying and we're not doing the truth. The truth is light. But if we walk in the light, what does that mean? You do what you know to do. You don't act like you don't know it. You walk in the light you have. As he's in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. If we say we have no sin. Now, again, you've got to go back to the previous part of the passage. If you're walking in darkness and you say you don't have sin, what's happening? You're deceiving yourself. What did James say about that? If you're a hearer but not a doer, you deceive yourself. If you're trying, and that's, that's the danger. If you know, I shouldn't have done that, but I did it. But you won't repent. You try to act like it didn't happen. It's no big deal. After a few months or years, you'll get to where you actually believe it's okay. And now you're not even close to ever repenting because you're not even acting like it's wrong. And what has happened? You have deceived yourself. And because you haven't judged yourself because you don't think you need to, you're going to get judged. If we say we have no sin when we're walking in darkness, we deceive ourselves. The truth's not in us. But what? If we what? What is that? Acknowledge it. Acknowledge what? Sin means you missed it. You violated light. What do you need to do when you've missed it? Immediately. Quickly, honestly, with humility, admit it. I knew better. The Lord told me, and I did it anyway, right? Come clean and come quick. 
Why? Don't let the sun go down on it. And if you'll do it, what happens? He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let me read this to you from the Weiss translation. Verse 5. It is this message which we have heard from him and at present is ringing in our ears and we are bringing back tidings to you. That God as to his nature is light and darkness in him does not exist, not even one particle. If we say that things in common we're having with him and thus fellowship and in the sphere of the aforementioned darkness are habitually ordering our behavior, we're lying and we're not doing the truth. But if within the sphere of light we're habitually ordering our behavior as he himself is in the light, things in common and fellowship we have and having with one another and the blood of Jesus his son keeps continually cleansing us from every sin. What does that mean? What does that mean? We don't know everything. And there's a whole lot of stuff you may be doing right now that you really shouldn't be doing or you should be doing differently, but you don't see it yet. How many from 20 years ago when you got saved till now, you were doing some things back then, you didn't even see it was wrong. And you grew some and you thought, hmm, I got to stop that. Right? Well, what about today? Have you arrived? But here's the thing. If you're walking in all the light that you have, then all the stuff you don't know and all the other areas you're coming short in, the blood of Jesus is cleansing you continually because he knows you don't know and that keeps the enemy from getting to you. Come on, can you see that? Hallelujah. But if you do see and you do know, what do you got to do? Acknowledge it. Confess it and repent. Humble yourself and be honest. Don't judge them. Judge you. And when you do, clank, 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 clank. And the enemy will just be grinding his teeth, wanting to hurt you, and he can't touch you. Because the Lord keeps you and the blood keeps you clean. Hallelujah. And the Spirit of God protects you and hovers over you. And the mighty angels of God keep you. And you just go in month after month and year after year. Running your race. Finishing your course. And it's not because you've done everything perfect. But it's because if you do and when you do mess up. And nobody's quicker than you. Getting it fixed. And if it was against people you go to them. And before the Lord you go to him. And you go hey I'm sorry I'm sorry I messed up. I messed up. No excuses. No blame. I messed up. And you keep yourself safe. And you won't be judged. Is that good news or is that good news? Stand on your feet everybody. Oh hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.